1939, Hall of Fame baseball player Lou Brock was born in El Dorado, Arkansas. Issue 1 of Mystery Men Comics hits newsstands featuring the first appearance of a new superhero, Blue Beetle. And Superman finally meets what can only be described as a supervillain in the next issue of Action Comics. Feed me all night long. That's right, boy. You can do it. Hello, my super friends, and welcome to another thrilling adventure of Reaction Comics, where today I'm ready to talk about issue number 13 of Action Comics from June 1939. We're in luck this month because... Superman's actually on the cover of the issue, and he's actually doing something heroic um, for once, unless he caused the the, um, the the problem in the first place. It's it's basically what looks like a a speeding train, um, a locomotive, not not your classic steam engine, you know, with the little flute coming off. I don't know what they call that thing, but you know what looks like a, a an Amtrak type train with two conductors in the front and. It looks like part of the track um, went out right over some water. And Superman is there to put his hand out and stop the train as it's speeding. Now, I'm assuming inside countless injuries because people are just, um, you know, crashing all over the place from the, uh, the force of the stop. Unless, of course, Superman was on the uh, train tracks much earlier and just kind of helped it and eased it to slow to a, a, safe, a safe spot. Either way. He saved lives. Even if people are injured, he still saved lives, which, you know, is sometimes rare with what Superman's dealing with in, uh, in comics. Uh, but we do get to see some of uh, Soup's favorite things to do uh, in this upcoming issue. Um, we'll, 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 we'll reach it, but let's, let's start where we always start, at the beginning. Superman by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. I don't know when it stopped saying Jerome Siegel, but it definitely says Jerry now. We're about a year into Superman, so they must be uh, pretty excited and pretty comfortable with what they're doing. Uh, the art is pretty much the same. Sometimes the, the, the lettering looks better and cleaner, um, so I feel like that has improved over the year. It shows the, that the first panel shows... Uh, Superman holding a car, or it looks probably more like a truck, a box truck, up over his head. And I don't know if he's saving this man or scaring him, but this man looks frightened uh, and looks like he is either fearing death or is just in shock that he was saved by Superman. I'm going to go with fearing death. That seems to be the more um, logical step with what I've been reading so far about Superman. So, um, what else is new? We start off with car trouble. 
the, the first panel we see, it says, The cab in which Clark Kent, ace reporter of the Daily Star, is driving to work is deliberately rammed by another cab. Watch out! I think that's Clark saying in the back of his cab. The driver gets out of Clark's cab, and um, the other driver gets out. And well, it looks like they changed clothes. All the, all the color, I didn't know what he was doing. The first driver's like, you did that on purpose. And the other driver says, prove it, and punches him, slugs him right in the face. And Clark's like, that was no accident. He deliberately ran into us. Why? And the other man says he belongs to the, the Cab Protective League, an organization that is trying to victimize the independent companies. So are Jerry, are Siegel and Schuster, is this anti-organized work? Union, anti-organized crime. I'm just wondering, like, in the time, is this some kind of, uh, was this a major uh, sticking point with, with the working class? I don't know. But, of course, that happens, and then Clark waits until that evening to really think about it. He's back in his, uh, his apartment. We actually see he's got a, he's got a good-sized bed, a uh, little lamp, a couple books. Um, I think that's either a pen or a crack pipe on his desk. I can't tell. It says that evening within the privacy of his apartment, it's the 1939. So it's probably opium. Uh, they don't, do you smoke opium? I have no idea. I, I, I know little about opium. Um, shockingly that evening within the privacy of his apartment, Clark Kent discards his false attitude of meekness as he dons the Superman costume. And now he's thinking to himself as he takes his shoes off. Can't protectively. That sounds just like the sort of setup I'd like to break down. Uh-oh. Sounds like Clark has a mission. So he puts on his Superman outfit, and the next four panels just kind of shows him going from where he is to where the Cab Protective League is. Apparently he knows. He jumps out of his window, soars uh, through the night, looks um, like he's on top of like, like a church, like the cupola of a church, and he's peering off. He's like, ah, there it is, just a block away. And he jumps on to the, um, oh, shortly thereafter, a fantastic cloaked figure hurtles down among the shadows atop the Carlisle Cab Company, an independent company. Why is he in an independent company? And he's like, it appears I've come just in time. So he's looking into a, a skylight, like the window, you know, in, in the ceiling of a, of a building. And inside it, oh, it looks like this is another guy being kind of forced into the Cab Protective League. He's the, this guy with uh, with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth and a very uh, menacing look. The boss says either you join the league or you get the same medicine some of the other drivers got. And the other man's like, you've assaulted my men and smashed my cars. Go back to your crooked chief and tell him I want nothing to do with him or the league. So the guy pulls a gun on him. He's like, oh, maybe this will change your mind. Instead of this guy freaking out, he goes, go ahead and shoot, you bloody murderer. Superman says, that's my cue. And then he dives through the skylight, glass shining down upon these men. Luckily, no one seemed to have been sliced to death um, by shards of something. Now, keep in mind, nobody died from shards of glass. That might, uh, that's foreshadowing, I'm going to call that. So he, he jumps down and goes, pardon me, may I cut in? And the guy with the gun's like, what the, I'm honing in, huh? He doesn't like worry about that there's a guy in like a, a, a tight jumpsuit who just jumped through the ceiling. He's just like, hey, you're going to get some of the same medicine. Clark 
I'm sorry, Superman, uh, jumps out really quick, takes the guy's gun and says, sorry, I don't like the kind of medicine you dish out. And then he squeezes the, the handle of the gun, just completely crushes it like paper. So instead of the guy running, he takes a shot at trying to punch Superman. And Superman says, brother, you're a glutton for punishment. Uh, the, this says the racketeer rams his jaw against Superman's extended elbow. Except to me, it looks like Superman stuck his elbow out and hit the man in the jaw. The guy was knocked unconscious, and Superman looks back at the owner of the cab company. He says, don't waste any time worrying about the Cab Protective League. They keep underlining Cab Protective League because it's a title. It won't be pestering you or other independent owners any longer. And the guy, even the guy there is like, uh, but what? A moment later, up through the skylight. So he jumps. I mean, there are doors. Superman knows there are doors. He jumps up through the skylight. Uh, with the racketeered in prison, the, the racketeer in prison under his arm, uh, he sh- shoots through the night, all right? So this is pretty hilarious. The guy wakes up and freaks out because he's being carried as this guy's leaping the, the, the height of buildings. He's like, this can't be. I must be going mad. He's a devil. I've, I've got to escape. So he takes a knife while he's being jumped through the air. He takes a knife out of his pocket and goes to stab Superman. The knife breaks, but it distracts Superman. He goes, what? And smashes into a building and yells at the guy, be careful, as he drops the man. They both fall to the ground. Superman is able to grab onto a ledge, but the other guy falls to his death. Superman inadvertently sort of killed this guy. So... Two of the other, uh, I guess, two other people who work for the Cab Protective League happen to be outside the building. They're like, I wonder what's keeping Pete. He should have returned a long time ago. And then the other guy says, look out. And there's Pete. Boom. Hits the ground. He is dead. And they're like, quick, uh, into the building with me. So they leave the, the dead Pete on the side of the road. And we never hear about dead Pete again. I, oh, they show an ambulance driving up as Superman's looking out the window. And here's where Superman blames the man. He says... If he hadn't tried to stab me, he'd be alive now. But the fate he received was exactly what he deserved. That does not sound like the Superman you and I know, does it? Like, ah, he would, like, go out of his way to save this guy's life. This guy, this Superman, just made sure he grabbed onto a ledge, and he's like, well, hey, he got what he deserved. Within the office of the Cab Protective League, the, the two men in there are like, what gets me is why Pete should have committed suicide. And I guess this other guy is the boss. He's like, that's not important. What I want to know is, did old man Carlisle agree to join the league? Hello, Carlisle. Reynolds of the Care Protective League. Have you decided to join our association? And I guess Carlisle's feeling pretty good about himself because Superman came in and saved him. He says, you and your racketeering pals can take a flying leap into a lake. I'm going to call in the police and tell them plenty. And... They're freaking out. They're like, come on, let's get going. Kyle's threatened to shoot off his mouth to the police. And they say, we'll shut that mouth of his for good. And Superman, this is Superman comes into the building. He says, just in time. So these two guys are off to go kill um, Carlisle because he wouldn't join the league. And now because he's going to go talk to the police. But instead, they realize their car isn't moving. Something's happening. They, they, the emergency breaks up. What's going on? It's that Superman is holding on to the bumper. They get out to look. They're like, nothing's wrong with the engine. He must be hiding in the, in the dark of the garage. We'll have to go take one of the other cabs, they say. 
they go, wait, look, the car's rising off the floor. Here we go, folks. Remember, Superman hates cars. He picks the car up over his head, and they're like, what? Who, who are you? And Superman, holding the car over his head, says, someone who dislikes you thoroughly. And then he rips the car door off the car. As they're trying to shoot him, he uses the, the car door to, like, I guess, be a shield for the bullets. And he goes, he's like, he breaks the car. Then he goes, now for you two. And they're like, don't touch me. Leave me alone. I ain't done nothing. They just shot at him. But they say, I ain't done nothing. And he, instead, what he does is he takes two sledgehammers and he goes, here, take these sledgehammers and start smashing those cabs. Because <laughs> Superman hates cars. They're like, I, I, I won't. So this, this guy in blue is the boss because the other guy says, you better do what he says, boss. And now Superman is sitting on the back of a car bumper and he, these guys are smashing their cars, just destroying their cars. And Superman is loving it. He's going faster, a little more violence there. They're like, I'm doing the best I can. I still can't believe we're doing this. I must be dreaming. Then he takes a car door, throws it at another car. So the, the car like flips over because of the force. And he goes, get the idea? So Reynolds now, now he has white hair. He had black hair two seconds ago. That's why I thought it was a different guy. While Superman's busy smashing cars and probably dancing delight, you know, with the, like the oil is everywhere. And it's he's like it's like a madman dancing amongst blood. He's got oil and gas. He's like, ah, ha, ha, I'm destroying cars while he's distracted doing what he loves to do. Reynolds attempts to sneak off. Um, he's like, now's my chance. Superman's like, whoa, where do you think you're going? And um, he goes up to the guy. He goes, would you like to smash those cars or would you like me to smash you? And he's like, those cars are worth a fortune. I won't smash them. I tell you, I won't. All I've got to do is, and then he grabs the guy, picks him up and says, all I've got to do is increase the pressure of my grip and the world will be rid of another rat. Put me down. I'll smash the cars, please. So he's threatened to murder this man if he won't smash his cars. And the guy's like, please, please, I'll do it. I'll smash the cars. And then Superman says that then get to it. And he flings the guy over into the air if he I guess he survives. He flings the guy. The guy goes flying. Uh, and, and then it shows Superman now. It says, into the masked autos. Into the masked autos of the Cab Protective League wades Superman, demolishing them in a great wave of destruction. He's like, let's see how you like your cars smashed. So I don't know why he's like, is this a different guy now? This is maybe he went. Oh, I don't know what the hell is going on here. Because now there's another guy with thick, a luxurious thick head of hair. And he's like, they're totally ruined. Wrecked, you ruined me. I think this is still Reynolds. But he went from having black hair to white hair back to black hair. Um, and Superman's like, I'm still not finished with you yet. You still have to pay for all the lives of rival cab drivers who were killed. Oh, okay, so they, they were killing cab drivers. I mean, that's... This, these guys are getting what they deserve. It's just weird hearing Superman threaten to kill them. So uh, the police officers get a call. Calling car K7. Go to cab protectively garage. Residents report disturbance. So it wasn't Superman who called the car, the, um, the cops. It was people because of the amazing uh, dis destruction that is happening. So the cops come on. They're like, what's going on here? But while they're doing that, Reynolds is on his knees going, I didn't kill those drivers myself. I just gave the orders. And Superman says, that makes you equally as guilty. And 
the police are there. So Superman says, you heard Reynolds' confession. I leave the rest to you. And this guy, the cop turns his gun on Superman and says, hold on there. Where do you think you're going? And Superman leaves the only way Superman knows how. Not through the window, right, maybe two feet to the right, but through the wall. He smashes right through the wall like the Kool-Aid man says, So long, boys. My services are no longer required. Smashes his way through that. The next panel we see is the cover of the Daily Star. It says, Cab Racketeer Receives Strong Sentence. And it's an article by Clark Kent. Now, you think that's where the story ends. Clark saves the day, I suppose, of stops these racketeers. Um, and this man who ran the whole company is going to jail. But... This is where the plot thickens a bit. Within an auto bearing Reynolds towards Sing Sing. It's weird hearing within an auto because no one calls them autos. We call them cars or automobile. Uh, But it looks like this is sort of a cop car or a prison transport. They're bringing uh, Reynolds towards Sing Sing, towards the prison. And he's like, mind if I smoke, copper? And the cop's like, okay, but don't try to pull anything. So apparently he gets to sit in the front seat. There's a cop in the back seat and a cop driving, and Reynolds sits in the front seat, and he lights up his cigarette, and they're like, the other guys are like, ooh, ooh, it sure is getting stuffy in here. And the other cop's like, I'm dizzy. And I, I guess they, they both pass out. Reynolds gets the car. He must have stopped the car. I don't know. He stops the car, something. He gets out. He goes, you saps, never guess that the cigarette contained a mysterious gas. Or he says, never guess that cigarette contained a mysterious gas. What is that mysterious gas? I don't know. And how is it okay that Reynolds can breathe it and smoke it? I have no idea. But um, he takes both the, the policemen's bodies. It says, shortly later, the figures of two policemen are callously dumped from the hurdling auto. So he moved them over, got and started driving the car, drove towards a looks like a cliff or some kind of ditch, and throws their bodies. I mean, their bodies are just... Hurdling is the perfect word. I'm assuming they're both dead. Next, we see another uh, a paper headline. It says, Reynolds escaped. Captors gassed. Officers' bodies blank, blank, roadside. So officers' bodies. So they are both deceased. And the next panel shows Clark sitting at work with his feet up on the table. He's like, poison, gla- poison gas? That seems just a little too ingenious for Reynolds to have figured out by himself. I better look into this. So something tells Clark that maybe there's something more going on here. So that night, he just kind of starts going around where the uh, police bodies were found. Uh, He's like, I'm just going to start looking around. Hopefully they didn't get too far. And he finds a cabin. And there's the abandoned police car. And he says to himself, that abandoned police car near the dark cabin. Perhaps. You think, Superman, you think that cabin in the woods where the police car that the man who escaped drove, you think that could be a clue? So he does what he does best. He hurdles himself through the flimsy roof of the cabin and says, here goes, I, here's hoping I guessed right. We, now imagine if there's just a family in there that happened the same car. <laughs> but he smashes through and there's Reynolds sitting there. He's like, you, I found you, Reynolds. And Reynolds says, you don't scare me now. Look. Dun, dun, dun. Clark, uh, Superman turns around and he sees the Pope. 
What the? Surprised? Okay, it's not the Pope, but the first panel is a guy in, the other, in another room sitting in a chair. Okay? He is bald, and he's wearing a white robe that looks like something a Pope would wear. And I would have been like, it's the Pope. That would have been hilarious. But he's like, what the? And uh, this guy says, surprised. Now, of course he's surprised. We don't know who this is. And we see this guy close up, and it says, the fiery eyes of the paralyzed cripple burn with terrible hatred and sinister intelligence. So we meet at last, huh? It would be inevitable that we should clash. When I first read this, I was so excited. I thought we finally have met Lex Luthor. And I don't know if this is some sort of precursor to Lex Luthor, but unfortunately, uh, the man here, this, this man with superior, sinister intelligence, this, what, they, what they describe as a paralyzed cripple, um, has terrible hatred and sinister intelligence. He's bald. He's an he's a, he's a evil genius. But it's not Lex Luthor. He says, who are you? Superman says that. And this guy says, now he's got a little tuft of hair in the back. Now he, So it's, he's just got really bad male pattern baldness. He says, I'm the head of a vast ring of evil enterprises. Men like Reynolds are just but my henchmen. You have interfered frequently with my plans, and it is time for you to be removed. So what they're saying is, this guy has been behind a lot of things that Superman has um, fixed or, or cleaned up. But this, this major villain... His big thing is a cab, like, um, union? Or is it dangerous driving? I'm wondering what this guy's behind. Maybe it's just adventures that we've never actually seen Superman have. It's from the cover of, um, of other uh, issues of Action Comics. Superman says, if what you say is true, then thanks for giving me the opportunity to capture you. And this guy says... You may not find that task as simple as it appears on the surface. You may possess unbelievable strength, but you are pitting yourself against a mental giant. Finally, finally a villain. I'm so excited. I am known as the Ultra-Humanite. The Ultra-Humanite. That is the first supervillain that Superman has ever come face-to-face with. The Ultra-Humanite. Now, that is not a precursor to Lex Luthor. The, as far as I know, I'm pretty sure the Ultra Humanite has been used in other comics over the years, uh, in other stories. He says, I'm known as the Ultra Humanite. Why? Because a scientific experiment resulted in my possessing the most agile and learned brain on Earth. Unfortunately for mankind, I prefer to use this great intellect for crime. My goal, domination of the world. And he's like pumping his fist, his clenched fist. I mean, this is, this is what we've been waiting for. Like something big, something bigger, a, a, a bad guy. And Superman abruptly, he starts sprinting toward the crippled madman because you can't, can't not call him a cripple. But the next instant, he stumbles amidst a sheet of flames. Apparently, they made an electric floor. So... Uh, the next panel they show this guy who looks remarkably like Patrick Stewart from the back. He says, the current is off. You may examine him now. And Reynolds is like, that was a clever idea uh, to line a portion of the floor with electricity. Ultra, he calls him Ultra, and he explained to us what happened. They 
flip the switch, they were both sitting in these chairs, I guess, that would have been made, would have been, um, I guess, safe from electrical current. Uh, and then they explained to us that they lined a portion of the floor with electricity to shock Superman and kill him. And they're like, oh, he's lying there, but they're like, oh my God, he's still alive. And this uh, ultra humanite's like, he must indeed be a Superman. That charge has enough to kill 500 men. As long as he lives, my enterprises will be menaced. Superman must die. Uh, and, oh, look, there's a giant table saw. So he flips a switch, and I guess that turns the table saw on. This is some classic James Bond stuff right here. They tie Superman to a table. Reynolds puts him in the table. He's like, uh, quickly, now, before he regains consciousness, they start sliding the table, his head towards the table saw. The ultra-humanite flings a switch. The great saw whirls and hums with activity. Closer toward the deadly revolving blade moves the unconscious Superman. Now, you and I know, well, this ain't going to hurt Superman, but, I mean, I don't think Superman had to deal with a giant blade. I wonder if people here are worried. But don't worry, because against the mighty saw moves the great, the man of steel, a great rasping, the sound of cracking metal, and the saw explodes into a thousand fragments. Remember fragments before when I said the glass fragments didn't hurt anyone? Well, we can't say the same for the, the saw fragments. One piece of the saw uh, jams itself right into Reynolds' neck, and he dies. It says, Reynolds dies a horrible death as one of the steely fragments pierces his throat. And he's falling back. We see a metal like shard in his throat, and he goes, yeah, and he's dead. And now uh, the one blade misses the ultra-humanite, who now has a full head of red hair. That Where did that come from? It's like, that narrowly missed me. And now he's completely bald again. These two henchmen that look like pilots, they run and they go, you, you signaled for us, ultra he says, get me out of here at once. So they, <laughs> they, the next scene, they're running out of the cabin. There's three guys. One of them is carrying the ultra-humanite in a chair. Not a wheelchair, just like a chair, almost like a nice deck chair that you'd have outside while you're, you know, uh, drinking a lemonade. And he's got his arms raised in the air. He definitely looks like the Pope. And this dude is carrying him. And he's yelling, burn it to the ground. He can't survive fire. I mean, how do you know that? He, a freaking saw blade just bounced off his head. And they, so what are they going to do? They're going to burn this cabin to the ground. They light it up, and they're like, hurry, before someone comes to investigate. They, they go into um, a plane. They had a plane nearby. I guess there was a, 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 um, a, a landing strip. What do you call that? A plane strip? A, a, an airport strip? Air, air strip? Just an airstrip. That's the word. It says, moments later, a fantastic air vessel of Ultra's own design takes to the sky in flight. He designed it himself. It is a weird-looking plane. Superman wakes up. He's like, oh, I got to get out of here. It's only smoke, but he just kind of walks out. No big deal. Up, up, leaps Superman out of the reach of the hungry blaze. He's like, whew, that was almost the end of me. So maybe he can't survive fire? Uh, but instead, the next panel, it shows him in the clouds, and he's jumping, I guess, to look for Ultra's plane. He goes, I bet that strange ship belongs to the ultra-humanite. His fiendish devil tree is going to end right now. So he guessed right about the cabin, and he sees this plane, he assumes it's the ultra-humanite. What if it was just like, uh, you know, like a family on a trip, or what was, what was it, a business? 
what what if this was just like someone transporting like uh, human organs? I don't know if they did that in 1939. But he Superman's jumping at them, and they're like, "More speed! Superman's escaped! He's overtaking us!" And the the pilots are like, "I'm pressing it to the limit," and Superman's like. Mm. Sorry, guys. He goes, he smashes right into the propeller of this plane. He goes, that'll fix you. It says, deliberately, Superman crashes into the plane's propeller. Yeah, you think? And the plane falls and plummets. It says, down toward the distant earth, hurdles both doomed plane and man of steel. And he's like, Superman's just, you know, falling, but he doesn't care. The plane is falling and smashes and explodes into pieces. The ultra-humanite's vessel crumbles sickingly as the strikes, as it strikes the ground with a thunderous crash. And Superman lands perfectly on his feet. He goes over to the plane. He says, Strange, I can't find any trace of the ultra-humanite. Well, that finishes his plan to control the Earth. Or does it? The end. Folks, I have a bad feeling about this. I think the ultra-humanite survived. I think he's still out there. And I looked it up quickly on Wikipedia. Uh, it looks like he was really Superman's nemesis before uh, we finally are introduced to Lex Luthor. And he's still around today. I mean, he's been on TV shows, cartoons, video games. Um, he's been in all comic books. So I don't know if he's changed. I don't know how he's, you know, if he's a different version of himself now. Like it shows... A, com- a comic book of Justice League of America from 1981. It says, The Ultra-Humanite on the cover of Justice League in albino gorilla's body. So, what? He's inside a, an albino gorilla's body? So maybe he can take his brain and put it in other bodies? I don't know. That sounds really rad. Anyway, that's it, my friends. A supervillain. Superman finally has a supervillain. And we are really close to the point where I have not read these comics. I think there's only one more um, action comics that I've read. And from here on out, it's completely new for me, reading each one. Now, I read them before I do the issue, the episode. I read them once, then I go back and I go through them for the episode. But 1 through 14, I've already read. I read in the past. So it's like kind of reintroducing myself to these stories. But after that, my friends... It is a, a new, um, kind of a new adventure. And I'm excited for it. And I hope you come along for the ride. I really appreciate you guys um, subscribing and listening and sticking with the show. Uh, and following me on Instagram. Uh, it's a lot of fun doing Instagram posts in between each uh, issue, uh, each episode, talking about the current issue that, uh, that the episode covers so if you don't follow me on Instagram already, check me out. It's just Reaction Comics. Uh, on Twitter, I'm simply Geek Mentality. And on the uh, Facebook, it's Fans Not Experts. That's not too difficult, right? Three different things for three different places. The website is fansnotexperts.com slash reactioncomics. But of course, we're available everywhere podcasts are available and 14 uh, hidden places that podcasts aren't available. But that's up to you to find. That's it, my friends. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for subscribing. And until next week, stay super, everybody.
Amazon experts.